Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope you're all having a, a great day and a great week. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune in to this episode of Thursday Thoughts. If you've been following along with us, we are going through a series on Proverbs. If if this is your first episode that you're listening to, um, I believe it's it's a fine point to pick up on because... And the good thing about Proverbs is they're, as we've talked about earlier in this podcast, is they're mostly kind of like these standalone, like, yes, the whole book is written thematically for one purpose, but a lot of these Proverbs kind of stand alone as little sayings of wisdom and instruction for people. And so it's okay if this is your first time joining us, I guess is what I'm saying. You're not, it's not like you're going to be in the dark on what we're talking about. Um, I just want to reiterate that, you know, I really, it's my goal and my hope that, you know, my, the listeners of this podcast can take away something that they can apply to their lives. Because the goal of this podcast is to show, show us and to teach us that, yes, this, the things in the Bible were written thousands of years ago, but they still apply and weigh on our lives heavily, and that we need to base our lives and live our lives based on the truths of Scripture through the good, the bad, and the messiness of our lives God is constant, God is there, and we need to make sure that we're living in accordance with his word. And so, I have a pretty short thought for us today. Um, I want to give a lot of credit to uh, Warren Wiersbe, is his name. He has uh, these two big commentaries. He has a commentary of the Old Testament and a commentary of the New Testament. Um, he, it's pretty good stuff, for the most part. Uh, I, like, I like what he writes in his commentaries. Uh, it's pretty. It's really practical. So, in terms of this this season for Proverbs, I really liked his discussion in Proverbs, and so a lot of the things I'm going to be saying today come from uh, things that I read from his commentary and kind of putting it into my own words, if you will. But but I just want to make sure I give credit where credit's due. But the thing the the topic we're going to talk about today these past few weeks the past uh this is the third week now we we kind of looked specifically at some passages in proverbs and uh looked at the first part of it which kind of helps direct the way the book of proverbs goes and what it's about but here the past few 3 weeks we have been just kind of looking at a topic that's discussed a lot through proverbs and discussing it and so that's what we're going to do again today you know, the first, we, we talked about counsel and the need for counsel two weeks ago. Last week, we talked about um, our words and how speech is a matter of life and death, and what we say can either bring us life or it can bring us death and destruction. This week, we're going to talk about commitment, because the book of Proverbs is very much about listening to instruction and obeying God's word and listening to his guidance on our lives and commitment is a huge part of that. And as a Christian, we'll see that this is where the book of Proverbs plays hugely in our lives because the book of Proverbs talks a lot about commitment. Knowing and obeying the will of God cannot be a half-hearted endeavor on our part, a hobby we indulge in when there's an emergency or we feel like it, right? God wants us to trust him with all all our heart and acknowledge him in all our ways knowing and doing the will of god isn't a spiritual technique that we use occasionally occasionally 
It's a committed lifestyle that involves everything we do. We already mentioned this week, we talked about this passage earlier in the season, but it's such a good passage, it's going to come back up with some of these topics we talk about. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And so this verse, we see that commitment is embodied with it. There's a lot of other things embodied with it, but commitment is embodied with it. Think about it like this. Successful athletes make winning their full-time pursuit, right? It shows up in the way they eat, the way they sleep, the way they exercise, the way they relate to their coaches and teammates. The word for this is commitment, and commitment involves obedience. Commitment involves everything that a person is, right? When you're committed to your partner, like your your husband, your wife, your, you know, or even if you're just dating right now, your girlfriend or your boyfriend, if you're committed to that relationship and committed to them, then you spend time with them, then you make an effort for them and you go out of your way to do things for them. And so likewise, as Christians, as people, if we're going to be called Christians, if we're going to be in relationship with God, we have to make commitment to Him and go out of our way to spend time with Him, go out of our way to do things for Him, go out of our way to please Him and to obey His will for our lives. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 13 says, He who scorns instruction will pay for it, but he who respects a command is rewarded. In the book of Proverbs, the wise father repeatedly gives his son loving calls to obedience, right? We looked at a lot of this. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. Proverbs 3, verse 1. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1. The will of God isn't a curiosity for us to study. It's a command for us to obey. God isn't obligated to reveal his will unless we're willing to do it. If anyone wants to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. So Jesus says in John 17, or 7 verse 17. As F.W. Robertson said, obedience is the organ of spiritual knowledge. Obedience is the organ of spiritual knowledge. You see, if anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking from my own authority. That's what Jesus says in John 7, verse 17 that we just read. What Jesus is getting at is that, you know, people were questioning him. People are always questioning Jesus. You know, who are we to question him? But, you know, sadly, we're people. And, you know, some of the Pharisees and religious leaders would question him. But Jesus was committed to God, and through his commitment and through his obedience to God, he showed people that he actually was the Son of God. Because obedience is the organ of spiritual knowledge, as F.W. Robertson said. And so, obedience walks hand in hand with commitment. Because we're, if we're not willing to be obedient to God and his word, and we, and we only want to do the parts that we like, or... We, we just go to church on Sunday and that's it, and we don't have any real faith, then that's not real commitment. If I, if I only hung out with my wife whenever I felt like it, 
you know, which I feel like it all the time, I guess, so that's not good. But um, if you only hung out with your wife twice a week at best, let's say you go to church Sunday and Wednesday, and maybe we'll do three times a week and you go to small group. If you only hung out with your wife, just like, you know, how some of us view church, if we only hung out with our wives or with our husbands three times a week, would that be a strong relationship? Would people call us committed? You see, the problem is is that we apply different standards of obedience and faithfulness in our lives versus how we do as Christians. You know, if we if our car if our car doesn't start, you know, two or three times a month, we're gonna go get it checked out and get it fixed. If our, excuse me, if our um, refrigerator, you know, cuts off and our milk spoils, you know, every two weeks, we would get the refrigerator replaced or fixed or something. You know, if we show up to work, you know, late, and if whenever we do show up to work, if we're late and we only show up to work, you know, two or three times a week when I'm supposed to work 40 hours a week. Would I be considered a loyal employee? No. You're probably going to get fired. And if you only hang out with your significant other two or three times a week, you're probably going to get dumped. If your refrigerator doesn't work all the time like it's supposed to, you're either going to fix it or replace it. If, you know, so on and so forth. All these examples I've said. The thing is, is that we view Christianity differently for some reason. And we view our faith differently. Does God not expect obedience the same way we expect obedience and, and things to work? In our lives? This commitment is spelled out in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Another familiar passage about the will of God. Before I can prove by experience what God's will is and discover that his will is good, pleasing, and perfect, I must give him my body, my mind, and my will, a total commitment of my total being. This is a once and for all presentation, but it needs to be renewed daily as we meet with the Lord in worship and prayer. Warren Wearsby, in his commentary, he, he tells a story about a minister friend of his that said to him, There are too many cafeteria Christians in our congregation. Instead of letting God plan the whole meal and accepting it, they pick and choose what they want, and they miss the best dishes that he fixes for them. You see, God wants all of our heart, and he expects us to obey all of his will in all of our ways. If Jesus Christ gave his all for us, how can we do less than give our all for him? There's a book that I really like that I I think I read it in college. I, I've probably referenced it before. I, th- I know I have. I have an episode titled what the book is titled, but it's called The Christian Atheist. And the whole book's premise, the idea of the book, is about people who profess to be Christians you know, with their mouths, but their lifestyle says they're an atheist. And what that means is people who acknowledge God with their lips, but their lives deny God's existence because they're not committed and they're not, and they're, and they're not obedient. And I'm not sitting here saying that you need to be perfect because none of us are. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. But there's got to be some commitment. When you mess up in a relationship, you talk about it and you fix whatever's going on and you adjust. Same thing goes with God. When you make a mistake, you ask for forgiveness you work it out with God, and you fix it, and you move on, and you be better. We have to have that same mindset as Christians. It's not just a whenever it's convenient for me thing. We have to make sure that we're not being atheists, which are people who deny God's existence in our lifestyle. We need to obey God in all that we do. We need to 
be Christians in not just word and talk, but in deed and truth. The Hebrew word translated acknowledge in Proverbs 3.6 carries with it the idea of intimate communion and is used to describe the marriage relationship in Genesis 4.1 and Genesis 19.8. You know, I think about it, whenever I find myself distant from God, that's when I know that I've allowed something to enter my life that is not in the sphere of His will. Since the will of God comes from the heart of God, it ought to draw my heart closer to Him. And so if you don't feel close to God or you feel like God's distant and that God's not there for you, maybe it's because you haven't been living for Him. Maybe it's because your heart's been far away. God wants to help you. God's already, go back to uh, Wearsby's friend's cafeteria example. God's already made the meal. God's made all the food. God's prepared everything that you need. You just have to choose all of it and not parts of it. And so as Christians, we have to remember to be committed because there's no such thing as part-time Christianity. I hear the phrase thrown around a lot about the volunteer army, that the church is the volunteer army. Like, yes, I get that not everyone's a paid position in the church and that there are people who volunteer their time and who aren't paid like ministers are. However, most ministers would tell you, and I'm one of them, you know, and the day might be coming where, you know, churches aren't able to support ministers financially, but I promise you, the people who are in ministry, at least in it for the right reasons, and they're in it for the love of the kingdom, not for a paycheck. And that means that whether they were the full-time, like me, whether I was the full-time associate minister or I was part-time or volunteer, quote-unquote, I would still do it and give my all and work as hard as I do now, and I would support my family in another way. You know, that's what Paul did. Paul was a tent maker, and he supported himself, but still dedicated his life to the spreading of the gospel. And so likewise... We as Christians need to have that kind of commitment. We don't need to look at ourselves as volunteers. We need to look at ourselves as bond servants. This is our job. We are servants to God. We are slaves, right? There's a church song that I really like. It's called Pierce My Ear. And back in the old days, you know, slaves would have their ears pierced to show that they're slaves uh, and that they belong to their to their master, you know. And so that song, you know, says it's it sings, you know, Pierce My Ear, O Lord My God. Because, you know, we want to be, I am a slave to God's will, you know, and that's not a negative thing. I love God enough to where I want him to control every aspect of my life because if he controls it, it actually might end up okay. If I try to control it, it's only going to end in disaster. And so we have to remember commitment. We don't need to be a half-hearted Christian, just like the example at the beginning, athletes. If you've ever played a sport or if you ever tried to learn an instrument, if you ever wanted to become really good at something, you committed to it, and you practiced it, and you and you and your sleep schedule was based around it. Everything was based around that thing you were committed to. The most important commitment in our lives, over even our families, should be God and His will. And so, the question you have to ask yourself is: Are you committed? I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope you all have a blessed day. And let's remember that. We need to be truly committed to God. Till next time.